Hey, fifth grade scholars, I'm here with Fish in a Tree, chapters 16 and 17. Let's get started. What I've got. I like Mr. Daniels, but he's got a thing for reading. Always talking about books and how great they are. Personally, I'd rather have the flu. The last thing Mr. Daniel said yesterday was that we were going to write stories today, and that would be our chance to show him what we've got. The only thing I've got is a plan. With a big piece of cloth and a safety pin, my writing, harm, my writing arm hangs in a sling. How can he ask me to write like this? I'm feeling pretty proud, I must admit. All I have to do is remember not to move it. I wish it really did hurt. It would be easier. He sees me when I walk in, and it isn't long before he comes over to ask me what happened. I had practiced the story all the way to school about how I tripped over my cat on the stairs and fell. You have a cat, he asks. Yeah. He nods. Then he glances down at my sling. Is it a new cat? No, we've had that cat forever. A regular member of the family, I say, feeling like I'm starring in a commercial for something I'd never eaten, never eat in a million years. He has a weird look on his face when he asks, what's its name? Whose name? Your cat. I panic. Pork chop pops out of my mouth. He laughs. Pork chop, the cat, huh? I bet the dogs in the neighborhood like that. I'm nervous and embarrassed, wondering why I have to be so weird. Wondering why I now have to watch the mind movie in my head of, of a fury meowing pork chop with a tail. But when the rest of the class sits down to do their writing assignments, he says I can read a book. I stare at the letters and watch them dance and move on the bright white page. My eyes ache and my head hurts. Mr. Daniels watches me, so I look down at the page and remember to turn it every once in a while. With my eyes closed, I watch bright movies of me flying. One of my favorite movies is in this one. I'm flying just above the water, my stomach almost touching it, racing toward a castle filled with blue light. I open my eyes a bit to watch the others write. I look at the page again. I even try to read some. I really do. But I can't help wondering my, why Mr. Daniels keeps looking over at me. Chapter 17 Misfit Lunch I watch Albert sit at his desk and stare at the pages of a book. I know he's not reading. His eyes don't move at all. I see he has a new bruise on his jaw and decide I'll go over and talk to him. Hey, I say. He looks up. Then something comes out of my mouth that I don't expect. Do you want to sit with Keisha and me at lunch? Why? Well, you sit alone and we sit alone, but together too. So I thought we could all sit alone together. That isn't a logical conclusion. Clearly, if we are all together, yeah, I interrupt. I know it was a joke. So do you want to? Well, I suppose so. I guess I've got to eat somewhere, he says. <clears throat> Albert leans his chair back as he shakes his empty carton of chocolate milk to let the drops fall on his tongue. I wonder who decided that a half pint of milk was enough. Why don't you just buy two? He puts his hair down and stares. Can't you just ask your mom for extra money in the morning? I say, readjusting my fake sling. This thing is a pain. I don't have to ask for money. It's kind of prepaid. And then I realize all at once, of course, how stupid can I possibly be? Albert doesn't have many clothes and he gets a ticket from Mr. Daniels every morning. I guess I never thought about it before. He must get one of the free lunches. I hope I didn't upset him. So I say, I'm sorry. About what? 
Well, about, you know, that you get the free lunch, he shrugs. There are worse things than a free lunch, I mean. Yeah, I guess. Fifth grade scholars, I want you to pause this podcast and I want you to go send me an email telling me the best thing about your day so far. This email will show me that you listen to this podcast and will get you 10 house points for your house. You can pause and go send me an email that tells me the best part of your day so far and you can put it as the subject read aloud. All right. Go ahead and pause and do that and then come back. All right, welcome back. Let's finish this chapter. It disturbs my mom that I get free lunch, but my dad says he wants to leave his mark on mankind with one of his inventions. And she says he should get a real job. They fight about it a lot, actually. I'm really surprised he told me that, and I decided to never tell another soul about it. Hey, says Keisha, sitting down. Hey, I say, and Albert nods. So, Albert... I watch Star Trek because you are always spouting off about it. The special effects are not that special. Kind of pathetic, actually. Like a first grade puppet show. Albert looks horrified. Keisha laughs as she unwraps her sandwich. Yeah, I knew that would get you. Shay's voice arrives before she does. Look, Jessica, she says as they walk by. It's the island of misfit toys. Yeah, Jessica says. It's like a six-legged freak. Shay laughs and Jessica looks proud of herself. Uh, those girls are like walking prick- pricker bushes, Keisha says. Don't let them bother you. They don't bother me, Albert says. It doesn't bother you at all that she called us misfit toys, I ask. It doesn't bother me, Keisha says. That girl can flap her gums about me until the sun rises and sets again. I really don't care. I wish I didn't care, and I wish I wasn't jealous of Shay and all that she has. Albert is wide-eyed, but why are the toys all misfits? Square wheels on a train can be fixed easy enough. Albert has his most serious voice turned up to high. And what's wrong with the doll anyway? Why is it a misfit? It seems to adhere to the standards of a typical doll. Wow, he is in full professor mode. The Charlie in the box, he continues, is just like a Jack in the box in every way but his name. Something is not a misfit simply because it has a different name. That isn't true, I blurt out. He looks shocked. I suppose he isn't, he isn't used to being corrected. He holds up his milk carton. Suppose I say that this is orange juice. Doesn't change, what, doesn't change what it is inside. That's different, I say, thinking that the milk will feel like it's orange juice if it's told that enough. It is the same principle. I think of words like dumb and baby and think how wrong Albert really is. What about the cowboy, Keisha asks. He rides on an ostrich instead of a horse. That has got to make him a misfit. It is illogical to say he is a misfit just because he chooses to ride a different animal, provided he can carry out his cowboy duties. Albert, Keisha says, how can you possibly say cowboy duties with a straight face? I don't understand, he says. Keisha's forehead touches the table and he continues. Especially when you consider that ostriches run faster than horses, require less water to drink, and can use their legs and feet as weapons. They are fierce kickers with sharp claws. I, for one, would trade a horse for that. That's just logical. And then I think that if someone hung a sign on me that said anything, having that sign there wouldn't make it so. But people have been calling me slow forever, right in front of me as if I'm too dumb to know what they're talking about. People act like the word slow reader tell them everything that's inside, like I'm a can of soup and they can just read the list of ingredients and know everything about me. 
There's lots of stuff about the soup inside that they can't put on the label, like how it smells and tastes and makes you feel warm when you eat it. There's got to be more to me than just a kid who can't read well. Scholars, it's a short one today, two short chapters. Don't forget to go to Seesaw after this and please listen to the voice directions because you will need to include something from these chapters in your assignment. All right, have a great day.